Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History title. Bang! Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling God, fickle butt. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Week One edition of the Full Slate Pick'em Podcast, brought to you by our good friends at Bet Online, DoorDash, and the NFL Sunday Ticket. I'm your co-host Cody Darick, joined out in Chicago by my brother Tyler Darick. Tyler, this is Christmas. We're back. Yeah, I'll be honest. I'm I'm pretty overwhelmed right now. I have a lot of tabs open. I have a bunch of stats written down and on my computer. It's great to have the NFL back. We have the NBA going on. It's it's a sports overload, but given where we were a few months ago, I'll definitely take it. Yeah, it's chaos. The Giants have a better record than the Yankees right now. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, uh, but I do know I I broke out one of my handy dandy notepads. I have notes scribbled down. We'll go into kind of the five marquee games as we've done in years past. This is year three of the Pick'em Pod, so we'll see if 
third time's a charm here in terms of our picks and our wisdom, and and uh, we'll see if, if we get better with age here. But before we get to football talk, let's talk a little NBA. Uh, last night, the Lakers took care of, of the Rockets. Um, Tyler, I think last night I decided I've been banging the Clippers drum all season, not letting myself think that the Lakers can beat them. But last night flipped the switch for me. LeBron, if he's... If he's going to keep playing this way, uh, I think the Lakers are actually going to win it all this year, which I don't know that that's breaking news by any means. I don't think it's a hot take at all, but I think I think they're going to do it. He was incredible last night in the first half. He had 29 points, kind of carried them through, and they, they were awful defensively in the first half. But the reason that I think that they're going to win the title, we saw last night, is when they're focused on defense, they can lock down and We've seen the same thing said about the Clippers, but I think the Clippers are just way more inconsistent. Um, the game two they played versus Denver was just so typical where they just don't show up, and we've talked about it a bunch. As a team, they haven't won anything, and that is what concerns me that you know they play hard one game, they don't another. That's going to catch up to them at some point. Um, so last night was another great Stepping stone, I thought, for the Lakers. Held the Houston to 38 points in the second half. They outscored the Rockets by 10 in the fourth quarter. Rondo was incredible off the bench. He had 21 points. He hit three threes. Really kind of separated them in that game and kind of put the Rockets away for good. So, yeah, last night was, I thought, a really good win for the Lakers. A good, you know, statement, I think, that, that they are capable of being the Clippers. And you look at the rosters, you'd say the Clippers are deeper, but... I don't know, the Lakers with this weird team with Rondo, Kuzma, Caruso, Markeith Morris, like, I feel pretty good about them coming off the bench when those four guys are in with either AD or LeBron. Yeah, the the thing that we've seen uh, the last couple games at AD is when he's this efficient, uh, I saw he has the highest PER in the playoffs, um, and the things he can do on the defensive end are just incredible. Uh, contesting shots in the lane, being able to basically push the ball and run the break. We all know he played guard in high school, but the guy is on another level, and albeit while he can be inconsistent from time to time and maybe not be uh, pedal to the metal alpha dog, I'm going to take over the game all the time. That might not be in him, but looking at the matchup versus the Clippers, their number two guy, Paul George, he played well in game three, but I'm I'm uh, gonna gonna stake my chips on on AD to AD and LeBron to be two of the best three players in that series over over what we're seeing from the Clippers. So we'll see what happens. We want to hit on that real quick before we went into the uh, NFL. The the Raptors Celtics are about to start here. Hopefully the Raptors keep our futures alive, but they got absolutely stomped on in Game Five. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but shall we get into it, Tyler? Week one. Let's do it. Yeah, so week one here, um, some some little tidbits for you here, Tyler. Um, before we get started, a couple of macro trends for early in the season games. Here's one for you. Teams that sucked last year do pretty well covering-wise early in the season. Teams that have won six or fewer games are 178, 131, and 10 against the spread in the first three weeks. Um, and then looking at big underdogs in week one, uh, I saw Todd Furman tweeted this one out. Um, they are 
Again, dogs of eight or more in week one against the spread. They're 15 and five in the last 20 instances of this thing. Now, they're not a good money line bet. They're only four and 16 straight up, but again, we're here to cover. Um, that's what our t shirts say. Great teams win, good teams cover. Or other way around, I don't even know. Um, but here we are, week one, first game. We have the defending Super Bowl champs, uh, Vomit, uh, hosting uh, the Houston Texans here in Kansas City. There will be some fans on hand, up to 22% uh, approximately. Uh, the Chiefs are nine point favorites here. We're going off the lines that are sponsored, Bet Online. The over under is 54. Tyler, our last memory of these teams, the Texans punched this Chiefs team in the mouth uh, early in their AFC Divisional Playoff game. They're up 24-0 in the second quarter. The Chiefs went on to roll them. They won 51-31. But let us not forget, these two teams did match up last October. The Texans did beat them in Kansas City. Tyler, this is a big number for a Week 1 game where we've had no preseason or anything to go off of here. Where's your head at for this one? Yeah, and kind of building off the point you made about KC having fans, that has been a huge talking point. Home field advantage, everyone says three points, you know, usually for the home team. I'll give you this stat I found. Mm-hmm. So home, home teams only won 52% of regular season games last year. That ranks as the third worst season in the Super Bowl era, the worst since 1972. Home teams have, have a below five... Uh, below 500 cover percentage in five of the last six years, 13 the past 16 regular seasons. So home field advantage, as much as we want to talk about it, doesn't really have that big of an impact as we're seeing these home teams not covering at the rate we would think. Maybe Vegas is just cooking the lines too high. Having said all that, um, I do like the Chiefs in this game, <laughs> minus <laughs> nine. Um, the Super Bowl champ since in week one since 2000 is 13-6-1 against the spread. Patriots covered pretty easily last year against the Steelers on Sunday Night Football. Um, but I do like the Chiefs in this game. They're 11-0 straight up, 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 September games. Um, I just think they're the much better team and an impact of this offseason, the COVID, no preseason, weird training camp is continuity and the Chiefs have a ton of returning starters on both sides of the ball I've heard on different outlets it's anywhere from 18 to 20 of their 22 starters are returning so I think that's a really good uh, case for Kansas City in this game I think Mahomes is gonna have a monster year again he's the lead candidate for MVP which he should be Um, I just think their offense can be too much Texans defense was pretty bad last year they were the worst they were the worst red zone defense, fourth worst passing defense. Not a good case going up against Mahomes. So I like the Chiefs to get off to a good start on Thursday. Yeah, you hit on it. Continuity. I think if if you, listeners want to play a drinking game every time we say continuity, the first few weeks of the NFL season, they'll be they'll be feeling good. The Chiefs, looking, ESPN.com ran an article essentially looking at the snap percentages and uh, in terms of snaps returning across the field. Chiefs are second best in the NFL. 84.7% of their snaps are returning. We know we know what Andy Reid is. You hit on the early season success they've had in September games. I, I like the Chiefs in this one. Nine feels like a lot, but the way this offense works and – they, I mean, there's been a ton of hype about their new running back, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire. I mean, if they add a guy that's potentially better than Damian Williams, um, 
it, this thing is just is an absolute wrecking ball. So I'm on the Chiefs. You'll feel a lot better about betting that one. Um, over under 54. I think I'd actually lean the under a little bit here. I want to see these offenses in action, especially the passing game where they've only had I think like 14 practices um, in pads. So we'll see. We'll see what they look like there. Yeah, I think it's definitely fair to expect some rust with the weird offseason, but I did see in 2011 where there was the lockout offseason where practices were impacted. They did have preseason, but it's definitely a weird offseason. The overs, the first two weeks of that season actually were 22-9-1, hitting at 71%, so it's not as big of an impact as you may think. The defense is communication. That's a big thing. And with no fans, I mean, they'll have some fans, but not that impact. It might be easier to communicate. So I'm not not probably going to take the over in this game, but I think it is a good play if you're looking at it. I think Houston's defense is going to be terrible, and I see the Chiefs probably putting up at least 35 in this game. Um, That's a good good counterpoint, just the offensive line being able to – on both sides, being able to hear hear themselves think. Like, even if the Chiefs have 22% fans, it's not going to be nearly the same as it would be for a normal opening night kickoff as a defending champion. So, valid point there on the over-under. So, we'll see what happens there. But we're both riding the Chiefs minus nine. Um, we'll, we'll see how that goes for us. It's always interesting when we're on the same side of the coin. Second game we want to hit to, jumping to Sunday, uh, an awesome AFC North matchup. We got the Browns at the Ravens. The Ravens are eight-point home favorites in this one, over under 48-and-a-half. Tyler, you gave out on our pod uh, on Sunday with Mike Randall from Action Network. You gave out the Browns as the uh, the win total you're most bullish on this season. So you want to defend your boys here and, and give the case? Do you like them week one? Yeah, they. I didn't receive a lot of love in our poll. I think I was I at did, twenty. I did. I did notice that. Did you see was, who won? Did you see who won? Yeah, I mean, you took you took the most public play there. The Cowboys are minus one seventy five on their over. So I was trying to look for something a little more in the weeds. Tyler, Correct. Tyler, remember what our former coworkers told us? There's no value in a loser. <laughs> yeah, um, true fans will remember that one. Yeah, I forgot that. It is a good point. Um, but last year I had the Packers over nine. I think I didn't get much love in the poll there. They hit that pretty easily. I had the Texans winning the AFC South before Andrew Luck retired. So I'm, I'm capable of pulling some out of my ass here and there. <laughs> I, I do like the Browns um, plus eight in this game, kind of contradicting everything we just talked about, well, kind of going back to what we said earlier. Um High favorites don't do well in week one. I did take the Chiefs just a minute ago, but I like the Browns in this game. I just think they're going to be very improved from this year. Um, like I said on our futures pod with Mike, I like Stefanski coming in. I think they still have really good weapons. They upgraded the offensive line. They're going to take the ball out of Mayfield's hands to kind of win games for them. It's going to be a lot of play action, two tight end sets. They brought in Austin Hooper. I think they're going to be able to control the clock in this game. Um, and they did beat Baltimore last year in Baltimore, which is a very surprising game. I think this is going to be a close game. And even if Baltimore does pull away late, you could always get that garbage touchdown at the end. So I, I do like the Browns in this game to cover. I think they're going to be improved. And last year was such a flop for them. Everything went wrong. Freddie Kitchens was a disaster. Baker had a, a rough year. I think they're going to be pretty motivated to come out and really prove something this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Kevin Stefanski... 
We'll see. We'll see what actually happens. But he feels like a massive upgrade on paper, at least. Looking at what he did last year with Minnesota's offense and the success they had in the run game with a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's their bellwether back. Nick Chubb's incredible. And while he has low character, Kareem Hunt was unbelievable a couple years ago. We'll see what he looks like. Uh, but this could be a real interesting offense where, I mean, it, their Madden roster looks incredible. We'll see what it looks like uh, this Sunday. I mean, looking at the Ravens side of the ball, they, they lose last year uh, in the divisional round to the Titans, but they bring back the MVP Lamar, 36 touchdowns, six interceptions. They were rolling betting-wise towards the end of last season. They're 9-2 against the spread their last 11 just all this being said, I, I do like that this Browns team in a largely really crappy year last year, they went into Baltimore and, and they won. Um, Mayfield actually played decently in that game. Um, I liked them in week one. I think similar to what you said, I think I think if they just pound the rock, they'll be able to hopefully minimize the number of possessions that a guy like Lamar gets on offense. Um, so I'm I'm riding with you so far. We're on the same page for for two. So we know how this story goes. Oh, always always a good sign. Do you think there's any scenario? I do think Baltimore is going to be really good again and be either the one or two seed in the AFC with the Chiefs. But do you think there's any way that defenses start to catch on to Lamar in the running game a little bit? Um, we saw in the playoffs. They did move the ball, but they struggled to score in that game versus Tennessee. Do you think another offseason that teams start to catch on even a little bit more onto him? I think so. Uh, when you look through the course of the season, I think I think it'll be a combination of a couple things. One, I think there's just going to be more tape on him. But this, the second thing is here for week one purposes, an angle against the Browns, they haven't face any any athlete near this guy's speed in a while so he may have some serious uh breakaway uh runs in this one um but all the things i'm reading about they want him to ideally run less this season pass more protect himself from injury he's constantly complimented by his ability to avoid big hits which so far is is definitely um something that makes sense and we've seen it over the course of his career thus far. But bottom line is with these running guys, typically they do end up getting banged up in some capacity. But if Lamar can become someone like Russell Wilson, who is elusive, has the ability to get that first down, um, and doesn't ultimately get banged up, um, I think I think that's where they're going to go with him. So I think I see them throttling back his running game, dialing up the amount of times he passes, um, and some defense is potentially catching on. Yeah, all good points. But let's move on to our third game we want to hit on. Uh, a favorite team of mine, quarterback uh, Packers at Vikings. Vikings minus two and a half, over under 45 and a half. We had our delete, the fantasy football league we're in together. We had the draft last night, and I took Kirk Cousins as my second quarterback. I have Thielen also, so I guess I'm a Vikings fan this year. Were you able uh, to sleep last night? I actually did wake up with some bad uh, stomach pain, so that might have been because I took uh, Kirk Cousins. Did you make my meat sauce recipe again? 
<laughs> no, I've stayed away from that. Okay. But I do think I think this is another good game on Sunday. And for week one, I, I think there are actually a lot of good games. Uh, we do five here, but I think there were a couple else we could have hit on. But this is a good divisional game. Uh, the Packers won both of these games last year. They won the division. Vikings got the wild card. Uh, where are you leaning in this one, Cody? Yeah, this one I've went back and forth on a bunch. Um, the Packers won both these matchups last year. Historically, I've pounded the drum for the Vikings, and it was a pretty profitable strategy for me last year. They were a great team at home, um, but they did lose a number of pieces in the offseason. Uh, Minnesota, they lost playmaker Svon Diggs. He goes to Buffalo defensively. They lost Linval Joseph, Everson Griffith, and and their offense coordinator Stefanski, as we hit on. Um, so I think they're a lesser team this year. We saw them win a playoff game in New Orleans, which was very impressive. Uh, and then looking at the Packers, this team also had a crappy offseason. Look at they draft a quarterback in the first round. Aaron Rodgers is pissy about it. They don't upgrade wide receiver at all, which was a need for them. They draft another running back after Aaron Jones has a career year last year. So kind of head-scratching. Uh, on Green Bay's side of the ball. All this being said, I think the Vikings, on all all being even here on a neutral uh, field setting, I think they're affected not having fans. They were a great home team uh, under Mike Zimmer historically. So I'm I'm going with the Packers actually as the short road favorite at plus two and a half um, underdog. Sorry, sorry, underdog, yeah. And even plus 120 on bet online right now, money line is, is intriguing to me as well because I, I see them winning this game. <laughs> this will be the first one we disagree on. I actually like the Vikings in this game. Um, I think the Packers are going to regress this year. They won 13 games last year, and you just look at their wins from last year, not super impressive. When they went up against the top teams, they lost, got you know destroyed by the 49ers twice. They lost to the Eagles. Um, I, I just don't think they were as good as their record showed. I think they're going to regress back to like a 9-10 win team, which, I mean, they're not bad, but I don't think they're going to be that you know second-best team in the conference like we saw last year. Some trends for the Vikings. I remember we talked about them week one last year versus the Falcons. They, they start off well in September. Um, they're 5-1 and one against the spread last six games in week one. Uh, 9-1 and one straight up and against the spread their last 10 at home in September. Yes, no fans. That takes some part of it out, but I don't know. I, I think this Vikings team is better. They did lose some pieces on the defensive side, but they got uh, Ngakwe from Jacksonville, which is a huge pickup, so I don't think they'll miss too much. Uh, Mike Zimmer's one of the best defensive coaches in the NFL. Gary Kubiak takes over as offensive coordinator. He's had a lot of success, and I think a lot of the concepts they did last year they're going to carry over. So I like the Vikings as you know under field goal in this game. I just think they're the better team, honestly. Rodgers has started to slip a little bit the last couple years, um, so I like the Vikings. I think just better coaching um, kind of gets it over the edge in this one. Did you see this? I just saw this across uh, the bottom line here on ESPN. Daniel Hunter is out at least kind of the first. He's placed on the IR, which means he's out for at least the first three games of the season. Does that change your thoughts at all? You're not, not a good. Fa- you're not phased, but not a good sign. <laughs> Definitely not a good sign for taking them. But I do think we'll win this game. The over under 
And they also lost twice to the Packers last year. I think there's a little motivation there. They lost a really bad Monday night game towards the end of the season, I remember. Um, the over-under is 45.5. I think the under is intriguing in this game. The under has hit five of the last six matchups between these teams. In the Packers' last 10 games last year, the under was 7-3. and three. The matchups last year averaged 35 points, so I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. Do you have any thoughts on that? Uh... Yeah, I'm leaning. I'm leaning unders week one here. Your your little stat about 2011 scares me a, a tad bit, but still no preseason. I'm wary about that, so I'll I'll ride with you on the under there. But let's uh let's take a quick break here, and then we'll be back on the other side previewing a couple more games and getting into our lock of the week. Counted on restaurants. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food that you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Wow. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery, too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot and your food is on its way right now our listeners can get five dollars off and zero delivery fees on their first order of fifteen dollars or more when you download the doordash app and enter code blue wire that's five dollars off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code blue wire don't forget that's code blue wire for five dollars off your first order with doordash Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to get the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo Promo code BLUEWIRE. Okay, Cody, now let's move on to the fourth game we want to talk about, the premier game in the late slate. Only three games in the late afternoon. The NFL does it again with terrible scheduling, but they want everyone watching this game. Bucks at Saints. Saints are minus three and a half. The over-under is 49 and a half. We have Tom Brady's first start in Tampa Bay. That's going to be very weird to see. Um, where are you leaning this one? I remember when Brady first went to Tampa in the off season, which feels like years ago. You were not a fan of it, and you were not high on the Bucks. Where are you leaning in this one? It is true. I was uh, very bearish on this Bucks team, and I still kind of am bearish on Tom Brady. I do think he's washed up. However, um, I'm starting to buy into uh, the overall plot line that this team is like nine or ten wins and and makes a makes a playoff run. A couple reasons here: one, our our forever leader and kind of north star of the podcast, Jameis Winston. We were ahead on him years ago before, obviously last year's electric thirty thirty season. He had thirty three turnovers last year. Uh, they this defense was one of the worst in the league in terms of points allowed. They allowed about 28 points a game. But if you look at the efficiency side of things, uh, they had the fifth-ranked DVOA uh, defensively. So the defense is better than the kind of stats told last year. So that's one. Second point that I heard recently and kind of reading about it some more, I'm actually pretty intrigued by it. Bruce Arians. Um, when he was the coach of the Cardinals in 2013, they won 10 games. That was the first year Carson Palmer was on the team. And at that point, 
I had thought Carson Palmer was washed up for a number of years. He ended up putting together a nice little career uh, for himself in Arizona. He threw for over 4,200 yards, 24 touchdowns that first season, 2013. This Bucks team, they add Brady, they add Gronk, they add Leonard Fournette. You already have O.J. Howard, Mike Evans, Godwin there. So there's all the weapons in the world for this guy. Brady has more weapons than he's really ever had, unless you go back to that 07 Pats team. So he really won't have to do much. He has a coach who's done stuff and is accomplished in the NFL before. So I'm starting to come around to this team, despite the fact that I think Brady is washed up. Um, so you look at the line, three and a half. Um, um, I am leaning towards the Bucks, Tyler. The The Saints have had a couple of kind of slow starts historically under Sean Payton at home. They're 1-7 against the spread. Their last eight September home games. So, you know what? I'm not, I don't I don't love it. Like, I'm not – it's definitely not my lock of the week, but I probably will will bet on uh, the Bucks plus 3.5 in this one, maybe even a little sprinkle on money line. Um, just kind of fading the fact that the Saints historically seem to get off to slow starts at home. Um, and I think there's just a ton of talent in Tampa. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm more bullish on the Bucks in this game, and as the season goes, I think I think they're going to be legit. Plus three and a half is a lot of points for them. I really like them in this game. You kind of touched on it. Saints are two and fifteen against the spread in their last seventeen games in Week One and Two. They get off to terrible starts. They haven't covered um, a Week One game in uh, six years, seven years. Breeze, worst quarterback ratings in the month of September. They always get off to bad starts. You talk about Brady being washed. I don't think I don't think he's washed. I don't think I'm not gonna say Breeze is washed, but I do think we're gonna see some sort of decline. You look at their last three playoff losses, they've lost on the last play in every game. Devastating losses. Like at some point it's hard to come back from that. We saw it with Harbaugh in the 49ers, uh, you know, just Hitting old wounds. Salt in the wounds. (laughs) They they lost three devastating playoff games in a row, three years in a row. It's hard to come back. That fourth year, they were still a good team, but they went 8-8. I think at some point you do fall off. Um, And Brady is an underdog. It hasn't happened since 2015, but since 2010, he's 11-3 against the spread, 10-4 straight up as a dog. So I really like the Bucks in this game. Wait, what was that? Sorry, what was that said again about Brady as a dog? Last time you said it was 2015? First time since 2015, yeah. That's insane. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. He's 11-3 against the spread, 10-4 straight up. The Bucks returned 10 of 11 starters on defense. As you said, you know, they gave up the most points, but they're fifth in defensive DVOAs because Jameis was killing them with his pick sixes. We love Jameis, but my God, it would be a story if, you know, I don't know for injuries, but yeah, if he somehow bows into, out. He came into this game and won it. I could, I could get behind that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Bucks opponents last year at the best starting field position. That was all because of turnovers. I don't know if their offense, you know, is going to be as explosive as it was last year statistically because I think Brady's going to control the ball more and they're not going to have as many turnovers. They're not going to be playing from behind as much, but I still do think they're going to be really good. So I, I like the Bucks a lot, plus three and a half, and I also like them money line in this game. Yeah, let's look real quick. Money line, they are plus 155 money line. That's... That's nice. May have to may have to sprinkle it on that one. Yeah, that's basically the premier game of of the four o'clock slate. Also, 
Just one last point. No fans yeah. Superdome is a huge disadvantage for the Saints. Correct, it is. I'm curious to see what what it looks like on Sunday, these games with no fans. Well, I mean, we'll get an idea Thursday at a uh, a uh, arrowhead that's a fifth full, but like, will it resemble more baseball where it feels empty or basketball where, like, at this point, I, I don't notice. Like, the, the piped-in crowd noise sounds, <laughs> they do a really good job. Yeah, I, th- I think the NFL will be able to do, you know, a hybrid of, it won't be just like the NBA where it's so zoomed in, but I don't think it'll be like baseball where you see empty seats all the time. So I'm not too worried about it. I think with the crowd noise, you could get it to a level where it feels like somewhat normal. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. Um, but let's move on to the last game we want to hit on before our locks of the week. Sunday night game, Cowboys at the Rams. Rams are three-point home dogs. Over-unders, 51.5. The Cowboys, your team, America's team, everyone is very high my on team, them. My team, my team. Everyone's very high on them this year. Um, it feels like whenever that happens, they flop, but you have to remind yourself, Jason Garrett is not the head coach anymore. Uh, Mike McCarthy, who is just another electric personality on the sidelines. Um, where are you leaning in this one? Yeah, it's going to come come to no surprise uh, following our pot on Sunday. I'm, I'm all over the Cowboys in this one. Last year, this offense was the second ranked uh, in terms of offensive efficiency, looking at DVOA. They add first-round pick CeeDee Lamb, which uh, I've read some stories that he's, he's looking incredible in training camp. My boots on the ground in Dallas are telling me that. Uh, they, they lose Jason Witten. I don't think that matters. Blake Jarwin's pretty solid there. Dak has all the weapons in the world. He got franchise tag. He got a nice payday, but he's he's no dummy. He looks around at this Mahomes contract, what Deshaun Watson just got. And if he has a he has the season he should have this year, there's no reason why he shouldn't get a similar contract. So he's gonna be motivated. They're gonna be ready to go. Um and I, I don't think it can be understated how much a new head coach in this system will mean. Mike McCarthy's won a Super Bowl before. Jason Garrett's gone. It was so stale. He's out. Um, this team basically just got a fresh haircut after going months in quarantine without one. Um, they've never looked better. I think they're going to come out Sunday Night Football and spoil the Rams' home opener in their new stadium. Um not in on this Rams team. Uh, I think they're going to come in last place in the NFC West. I'm just out on Jared Goff. I think if Dallas can get any kind of pressure on him, uh, they'll be happy with the results on Sunday and and hopefully make me a few bucks. Are you also all aboard this Dallas train? What what a depressing opening game for the Rams in the new stadium. They were so hyped up when they went back to L.A. and to have no fans. That's it's, it's kind of perfect for them since they don't really have fans to begin with. But, very, yes. Very, very true. Um, yeah, I'm riding with the Cowboys also. Not a huge sample size, but McVay is 0-2 against the spread as a home dog. They're 0-7 straight up their last seven games as a home as home dogs. Um, I think this Rams team is going to slowly crater this year. I don't think – I think them in Arizona will probably be third and fourth in the NFC West. I think they'll still be competitive, but I don't think they'll be fighting for playoff relevancy. They gave Jalen Ramsey a huge contract today. Good for him, but I, like they have no draft picks. That roster yeah. isn't that deep. Like They're going to they're gonna start to feel that, I think, if the, the couple guys go down. So I do like the Cowboys. The Cowboys had the – 
were fourth worst teams as far as penalties go last year. I think that just speaks to the team was out on Garrett. I think McCarthy's going to bring some maturity there, some you know sturdy leadership. As like you said, he's won a Super Bowl, so I like the Cowboys. Um, it is going to be weird to see Alden Smith playing football again. True. Um, he's been out of the league for like four or five years now. So if if he could be like 60% of what he was, that's going to be a really good pickup for the Cowboys. One thing that does worry me about this team is their offensive line isn't as great as it's been the past few years. Travis Frederick retired. Lyle Collins, uh, their right tackle, is out the first few games. So that could cause some issues versus the Rams' pass rush. But in the end, I do like the Cowboys. And if anything... Having no fans, I think that hurts the Cowboys because if this game was happening with in a normal circumstance, it would be probably 50-60% Cowboy fans. Yeah, that is a good point. Um, yeah, I'm, I really I really like Dallas in this one. Over under in this one's pretty high at 51.5. Probably lean towards the over, but not. I think, honestly, week one across the board, I'm probably staying away from over-unders. Okay. Not not listening to my stat I told you earlier? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure I'm buying it. I'm going to have to see it to believe it. Sources say, but let's move on. Let's wrap up the show with our locks of the week. You asked me an outrageous question when we were on break just a minute ago. Who won locks of the week last year? Um, I did. I won in dramatic fashion. Jameis pick six. I guess I had the over in the the Falcons Bucks game to end the year. His pick six to hit the thirty thirty season won me the locks of the week for the year. Um, Absolutely thrilling. Do you want to congratulate me again? Uh, Yeah, I will say congratulations. I did forget. Thank you so much for reminding uh, our listeners. So we're split. I think year one, I, I won this thing going away with it. But we'll see what happens here. Year three, looking at the lines, I do feel pretty good about um, my lock. But since you won, Tyler, I'll let you get started here. Uh, since we'll kind of set this up similar to golf, you win the hole, you go first. So go ahead. Who's your week one lock of the week? Okay, so my lock of the week, I was debating between either a side in this game or the total. I decided to stick with my initial gut and take the team in this one. I love the Panthers, plus three at home. <laughs> is that yours? No, this is good. Go ahead. Okay. I like, I, like I said, I love the Panthers, plus three at home. A lot has changed for them. They've lost a lot of pieces on the defensive side, so th- they're not going to be a good defensive team this year. But getting three points at home to start the year versus the Raiders is a very head-scratching line to me. It doesn't make sense. That's probably why the Raiders will win this game going away. But I, I really like the Panthers, and I think they're going to be a frisky team this year. Matt Rule was really good in college. Um, you look at the two stops he had as a head coach. Goes to Temple their first year, 2-10. Two, two years later, you know they win consecutive 10-win seasons. Goes to Baylor, and that program was left for dead after everything that happened there. His first season there, they go one and eleven. Two years later, they're eleven and three, playing in a New Year's Six Bowl. He, I'm a believer in him. Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator burned me many times last year at LSU, so I believe in him. Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he wins games as a starter in this league. As a uh, for his career, he's twenty-seven and seven against the spread. As an underdog, he's seventeen and three against the spread. Let me repeat. Wait, he started. You said he's twenty-seven and seven against the spread. Yeah, he. I mean, he started what one and a half years from Minnesota, and he started those five games last year. 
Um, he's 17 and three against the Spurs as an underdog. That is an incredible stat. I like. I, I really like the Panthers. I think their offense is going to be pretty explosive this year with McCaffrey. Obviously, he's back. DJ Moore, another year in the NFL. Robbie Anderson, I thought was a good pickup for them. So I really like the Panthers in this game. Um, what What are your thoughts? Um, I'm thrilled that we're starting Week One this way. I have the complete opposite lock of the week, which I don't know that we've actually done this before off the top of my head. You have a better memory of the stuff than I do, but I love the Raiders minus three as 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 a road favorite, and I'm not trolling you. I truly do. I was looking through the board, and the Panthers are one of these teams that, again, continuity. Take a drink. They have the the lowest percentage of snaps returning on both offense and defense throughout the entire NFL. You mentioned it, new head coach Matt Rule, new offense coordinator. I like what they're doing there. I just think early in the season, this is a team that I want to fade. Uh, new quarterback, Christian McCaffrey is the one guy that scares me, obviously. He's a one-man one wrecking crew. But this Raiders team, they're 12th in terms of continuity, third year under Gruden. They went 7-9 and nine yet last year, and they were frisky. I, I wanted their under last year. I, I, I gave that one out. That They went over. Um, but I'm, I'm in on this team. Derek Carr is a very average quarterback. But, again, he's been in the system three years. Josh Jacobs I like a lot. And I just don't think this Panthers team, I just don't know how they're going to have any chemistry here going into week one. So I'm, I'm all over this Raiders team. Their they're last 13 road games in September, they're 10-3 and three against the spread. We love trends, Tyler. Their last <laughs> seven week one games are 5-2 and two against the spread. So I'm all over the Raiders. So this is exciting. We're going to finish week one here. Here, um, and one of us is going to be happy and one of us is going to be sad unless the Raiders won by three, in which case that sucks. Yeah, that would be pretty anticlimactic. And very fair points about the continuity, new coach, new offensive coordinator, all very fair. But yes, the Raiders have continuity, but we've seen Derek Carr now for years, and he's not a good NFL quarterback. He was great in 2016. His MVP, you know, flirted with the MVP, got hurt. He hasn't been the same guy since. I've seen enough of him. I don't think he's very good. I think the Carolina, I don't know. I just have a weird feeling they're going to be competitive this year. And you gave some trends on the Raiders. Let me give you some trends. They're 1-3 and three straight up, 0-3, oh 0-3-1 and, three, oh three and one against the spread. Their last four road games as favorites. Under Gruden, these are some good stats for you. Raiders are three and thirteen on the road straight up. Average, they lose those games by an average of thirteen points. They lost by double digits nine times on the East Coast, which this is an early start for them. They're one and six straight up, losing those games by an average of fourteen points a game. So I you think want, this is gonna you, be... want, you want trends? I'll hit you back with a flurry of trends. <laughs> okay, last five games overall for the Panthers. Let me know if this is a good stat, Tyler. They're zero four and one. Last four games different as an, team, different team. Last four games as an underdog, they're o three and one. Last four home games, not that that matters this year, they're o three and one. So trends, yeah, we can go either way with that. And does it scare you at all that they have a new name here, Las Vegas? So they got to cover. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned those Panthers trends. Literally, none of those guys are on the. None of the important guys are really on the team anymore, yeah, um, like except the, McCaffrey. The, so continuity is not there. That's why I didn't <laughs> give. That's why I didn't give those trends out earlier. But yeah, uh, but I do like that we're on the opposite sides. I think this this definitely is the first time um, yeah. for a lock. We're on the opposite side, so it'll be fun. Hopefully, it's not Raiders win by three because I would be a bummer. But yeah, I'm excited. I was I was thinking about the over as my lock because. 
I could see this being a shootout. What what did you think? Yeah, I think I do it's like, like forty seven and a half. Yeah, forty seven and a half. That that feels low. I think both these defenses are average to below average, so I also would lean the over there. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens here. I remember last year on the Raiders uh, for a lock versus the Jets, they came through for me. So good, good overall memories with them. The the road favorites always playing with fire. We know that very well. Um, but I'm I'm excited to see what happens. But yeah, if the Raiders win by three, I guess we canceled the Sunday Scaries podcast. <laughs> Our guys like Dan at Cleetree must be uh, vomiting right now hearing all these trends we're throwing out. Yeah, for sure. He would... I think he would vomit by looking at our prep process uh, generally before placing any wager. Um, But, yeah, okay, week one of the NFL. We are back. It feels good. Um, How do you feel about this board overall, Tyler? Um, I'll have to dig more into the other games, but the ones we've talked about I do feel good about. Um, One lock, I I didn't want to give this out as my lock, and this is, you know, a gambling, you shouldn't do this, but, you know, betting with your heart, betting with your head, not your heart. 49ers minus 7.5, that feels like a lot. I think Arizona is going to keep that game close. And I saw this also today, and I'm concerned as a bad omen for this week and for their season. Did you see the picture of (laughs) over their stadium with, like, the orange sky from the fires in California? They said it's not close. The air quality is fine, but... I do not like seeing that uh, a couple of days away from kickoff. No, it it does not look good um, at all. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that that gets uh, settled and everyone's safe there. The other game I did think about for a lock, just off the cuff here, the Bills at home versus the Jets, six and a half. I know six and a half, maybe a point or two higher than I'd like, but. Everything you hear from Adam Gase, any word he says, it seems like uh, in California we have wildfires. It seems like the Jets as a team are just burning and are that dog gif saying this is fine, everything's fine. Like every, I don't, I don't like one thing I hear from there. So I, I do like the Bills in that one. Yeah, I think a good teaser I'll give out quickly before we go. Teasing the Bills and the Eagles um, is interesting. Eagles oh, on the road. God. Eagle Eagles but, teasers, just yeah. Okay. I think I think that's something to uh, look at. But yeah, I'm definitely excited that we're going against each other in our lock of the week, and also our fantasy league. We go head to head week one in rivalry week, so we'll have we'll have a lot of uh, fun content, and we'll be back next. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday for the Sunday Scares pod to recap everything week one and some NBA. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you could still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You could get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 